What's up, Bison fans? Bison Sports this week here with Neil Noonan and Mike Still, a revamp show. The third member of the trifecta, Jason Pajak. At home sick, but I'm happy to be here with you, man. How are you doing, Mike Still? Doing great. It's Friday. Feeling awesome. Looking forward to uh, another great week next week in Bison Sports. Great week this week as well. Uh, just happy to be here. Happy to be here alongside you, Neil. And uh, looking forward to chatting about all things Bisons. It's yeah. uh, definitely been a, a busy week for sure. We had some games going on over the last weekend at home uh, and away games. We had soccer at home and football away. Uh, looking forward to talking about all that and getting into some of the, the details for sure. We've also got an interview today with uh, the two women soccer captains this season, Haley Ward and Shaylin Dick. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the program. Absolutely. And uh, two new voices here on the air this week in Bison Sports. I mentioned it off the top. The show's going to be a little bit different this year. Revamped, I'd say, in a positive way. Um, Jason did a really good job holding down the fort for the past two years. But we're going to kind of mix the Manitoban spice uh, with the Bison Sports spice uh, to make a new little concoction here in the booth, 101.5 UMFM. But you mentioned it, Mike, right off the top. Uh, we're already playing sports here early in September. Uh, we got uh, Bison women's soccer 1-1 one one on the season. And we got uh, Bison football that we're going to lead our show off with today, one and one, heading out to Alberta this week, man. Where do you want to start with this team? Looking really good. Number eight in the country right now. What a great start for the boys. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, right off the jump, congratulations to the Bison football team. This is the second week in a row already this season. They've been ranked in the nation's top ten. Now, they earned that recognition, obviously, when your head coach is Brian Dolby, who's been at the helm since 1996. You obviously are, are always going to be in that discussion because of his pedigree and his abilities as a coach. But this team had three CFL draft picks come back this season. Derek Defoe, Chris Larson, and Samson Abbott on their defensive line along with a guy like Brock Gowanlock who is draft eligible this season and that's not even to mention some of the talent they have a defensive tackle like Cole Adamson and Boyan Stefanovic and Kent Hicks and guys like that I'm missing a few on as well I want to want to make sure I try and show love to everybody obviously on the line Colin Cornelson at defensive end Jared Lazarenko at defensive end Big Laz so a lot of guys with talent on that defensive line and, and that defense has really stepped up for the Bisons this year so far week one against the Saskatchewan Huskies late August game before everybody was back in school. First game to sort of kick off the 2019 season for any team. And we went and hosted Saskatchewan, the defending Hardy Cup champions who are ranked number five in the nation. And we beat them 43-19. to Really made a statement. Seven turnovers in that game. And just sort of right from the jump has said, hey, this is Manitoba Bison football. We're going to smack you in the mouth. We're going to play hard on defense. We're going to capitalize on offense. Short field a few times in that game. Offense took it to them and scored. Macho Bakru, three touchdowns. Another draft-eligible player. Really laid down the law in week one. Neil, I know we were both there sideline, and it was a great environment to be at. Oh, my goodness, yeah. For a home opener, uh, to go out on the field and perform like they did, especially with those turnovers. I mean, you kind of said it in your recap. That was the story of the game for sure, right? Anytime you get that many turnovers on a team and then you go out and you can put points up on the board, those kind of scores are going to come out, right? 43-19 to 19 to come out against the Hardy Cup champs. Uh, my goodness. And yeah, the place was rocking. There was a really good attendance out. My question to you, going out to Calgary the week after, what was the biggest difference to you? Obviously, you're playing a different team, right? But from the Bison side, in your point of view, 
what was the biggest difference between our performance on our home opener against the Huskies and then going out to Calgary the following week against the Dinos? Well, I had the chance to sit down with head coach Brian Doby to talk about week two action against the Calgary Dinos. And realistically, what he said to me was the biggest change was turnovers. Week one against Saskatchewan, we forced seven turnovers and turnovers and didn't give the ball up were really sound offensively uh, week two against the Calgary Dinos three interceptions also turned the ball over on downs and a couple of those turnovers were costly as, as we were driving into Calgary territory deep in the red zone and that was really the story of the game because if you look at the final score 24 to 10 we did not get blown out by any stretch of the imagination by the Calgary Dinos in that contest it was just key turnovers at key times and honestly Neil I want to take that back to the second quarter score is 8-4 to four, heading into quarter number 2 and Calgary just capitalized on a couple of mistakes and led at halftime 24-4 to four against us and we just weren't able to get back into it from then. Dinos were shut out in the second half. It's only the third time that's happened since 2013. Very rare. Again, it speaks to our defense. It really speaks to that strength on the D-line. Brock Gallenlock, Derek Defoe had great games as well for us. Stephen Conway had a really good game in the secondary for for the team. So defense is still putting it together, but just a couple tough turnovers for the offense. And discipline errors against a team like Calgary, they're always a consistent contender. You look at their record of ever since really uh, man, honestly, since like 2007, to be perfectly honest with you, even going way back to when Blake Nail was head coach. They're a team that doesn't make mistakes very often, and if you do make a mistake, they're going to capitalize on it. It's early. We're two games in into the year, but it's so funny to say that because it's only an eight-game regular season. So you right. know it's early, but we're already going into week three. So, you know, these games matter all the time, and now we lead into Alberta on the road again, play, facing off against them tonight. Really excited for that matchup because it's going to be another defensive slobber knocker. <laughs> now, that's a term that I haven't heard very often, the slobber knocker. Yeah, before we leave on Calgary, 10-24, to 24, does that score surprise you? at all or is that kind of what you were feeling going in knowing what you know about Calgary knowing where they were whether it's on the national rankings the coaches poll kind of thing just knowing that the the players that they brought back how should the Bisons feel after leaving Calgary and now going back to Alberta I guess but leaving there losing 24 to 10 you know the Bisons better than anyone. How do you think they felt leaving that? Was that a performance that they were proud of, something that they they left a lot on the table? Where do you think their mind was leaving Calgary that, that last weekend, pardon me? Well, I mean, I just want to start off by saying anytime you lose, it's not a good feeling. Of course, you always want to come out with the W, but I think there are some positives to take, to take away from that game. And again, when I talked to Brian, that's one thing that he did bring up was that, yeah, sure, I mean, we, we definitely lost, but there are positives. I mean, he basically said, you know, in our conversation that we're a good team too. I mean, you don't shut out Calgary in an entire second half and not prove that you're a good team. And you definitely don't do that. I mean, Calgary, this is this offense they have, they've got a lot of weapons, like like right off the hop. They've got fifth-year quarterback Adam Sinegra. He's the defending Heck Creighton winner. For those that are unaware, that's the, the player of the year in, in U Sports football. So he comes back. He's fresh off of the East-West Bowl. Des Catelier, Bosnick's quarterback, was there as well. Uh, but he's fresh off of that. They've got Jeshran Antwi, who's a veteran running back, who had a, a strong game against Very us on the game. ground. Yeah. And they've got a loaded receiving court. They've got the defending rookie of the year, Tyson Philpot. They got his brother, Jalen Philpot. They've got all kinds of uh, weapons. They got Dallas both in the receiving core. They got Hunter Carl. They've got a lot of weapons. So, to, I would specifically say to minimize that passing attack because Sanagra. He didn't throw for that many yards. I mean, he had a good game for sure. Like, he didn't make any mistakes. And that's how you win games, as we talked about earlier. But 
the secondary played well. Defense got pressure all around. So you can certainly take some positives out of a game like that against Calgary. I mean, and the people that vote in the U Sports Top 10, they certainly saw that too because Manitoba is still ranked number eight in the right. nation right now despite losing 24 to 10. So they've earned some respect. And this week against Alberta, I think this is honestly going to be one of the most important games of the season for the Manitoba Bisons football team. And the reason I say that is because Alberta's one and one right now. They're on the rise. And you look at the conference, there's only one team that's 2-0. and It's the Calgary Dinos. Manitoba's 1-1. and Saskatchewan's 1-1, one one, who we beat in Week 1, and we're going to face them later in the season, I believe. I might be wrong about that. Uh, don't quote me on that. But Calgary's 1-1. Excuse me, Saskatchewan 1-1. One one. We are 1-1. One one. Alberta's 1-1, one and, one, and Regina is 1-1. One one. UBC, the only team so far that's 0-2. So right now, this is a key opportunity to sort of take a stranglehold of second place, and ideally, when we face Calgary later in the year, be able to get that victory back against them. Um, Alberta is a team that has recruited really strongly over the past few years. They've got an incredibly strong defense. Greg their defensive coordinator was the head coach at McMaster for the past few years. And I talked to Brian, and one thing that he had said about this Alberta defense is they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing stuff the conference has never seen before. Like, they're taking defensive linemen and moving them five yards off the line of scrimmage and stunting them, which basically means, like, they're, they're sort of flipping who they're lining up against at the last minute. Uh, they're doing a lot of really confusing things, and it's certainly been something that's been successful for them. They obviously were victorious in their Week 2 matchup, and then in Week 1, they beat Regina in Week 2, and then Week one, they lost to Calgary, but it literally came down to the final play of the game. So they're no joke, and this is going to be a huge battle for us. It's really going to we, we know already that both, both defenses are going to play well. Yeah, so the, you, yeah. So oh. the, the question is going to be can the offense uh, get it going? Of course, yeah. You mentioned it there. Uh, Golden Bears losing their home opener 41-31 to in the Dinos, and you just said going down to the wire in that one and then going to Regina and beating the Rams by one point, eighteen to seventeen. So the Golden Bears, they've been in some battles and going into this weekend, both teams one and one, three games out of eight. You're right. Like Eight games is not a lot in a season. Everyone matters, absolutely. And I love what you said about uh, the Bison staying in that top ten. Going from six to eight means that even after a loss, you're not expecting to go up after a loss, but you're not getting knocked out of the top ten. That shows a lot of what the rest of the country thinks of the Bisons. We are for real, so to speak, and going to Alberta is a great chance uh, to show that. Now, do you think the Golden Bears have what it takes to kind of put up another kind of defensive uh, performance that the Dinos did against us to hold our offense to 10 points. Do they have a similar kind of defense or do you think the Bisons are going to put a little bit more scoring up on the board this week? I mean, I think you're going to see Alberta's defense win them a lot of games this year. That's no, not to slander their offense. Their running back, Jonathan Rosary, is incredibly good. Like, he's, he's, he's all-star he has all-star talent for sure. He was very, very, very good uh, towards the end of last season in his rookie year when he sort of took over. And he <laughs> he actually racked up over 100 yards in his debut against the Bisons. That was kind of his coming out party last year. But sort of back to the point, their defense is going to win them a lot of games because they are athletic. They fly around the ball. And I want to give a quick shout-out to the uh, Edmonton Huskies junior football program because they've been able to produce a lot of strong players over the past couple of years that have now moved on from junior to university. And you're seeing a number, actually, the Edmonton Wildcats and the Edmonton Huskies. So you're seeing guys like Troy Hansen, um, guys like Jaden Dalkey, people like that that are in the starting lineup for the Alberta Golden Bears that are products of both the Alberta, excuse me, the Edmonton Wildcats and the Edmonton Huskies of the Prairie Football 
football conference in Canadian junior football. So they've certainly gotten a, uh, a strong recruiting class, and they've gotten a, a lot of guys that have come in and be able to, been able to play relatively soon along with some veterans. But those junior football players have come in with a couple of years of, of experience, and they've made a big difference for this defense. So I think you're going to definitely see this Alberta defense dictate uh, not every game they would play, but uh, probably a, a pretty strong amount and, and help them to get some Ws. Now, you've talked to Dobie a lot. Going into this game, do you see them kind of shifting at all as far as their offensive game plan? A new OC coming in this year, putting up 43 in that home opener, but then putting up 10 in the second one. I'm really curious about to see what this offense is going to do going into Alberta, and then especially after what you just said. Alberta sounds like they have a really good defense. What are you looking for from the offense tonight? Well, I mean... The first thing I want to say right off the top is, I mean, you can say that Vaughn Mitchell is new, but that would be pretty, that's not really accurate. He's been with the team from the jump with Dobie. This, those two guys have chemistry like there's no tomorrow. Vaughn Mitchell is one of the most respected offensive minds in Canadian university football. So anytime he is running an offense, hey, I got no problems, you know? Every team's going to have issues at, at times, and Calgary's a very, very, very good team. And, and a lot of teams this year are, are going with sort of like a 30 front, which means they're putting three D linemen on the line and four uh, linebackers, and doing some different things with their coverages, and Calgary did that really well. They did it against us last year, too, where they'd, they'd, like, they'd line up maybe showing blitz sometimes, and they'd drop a couple guys back into coverage. They do a lot of confusing things, and so does Alberta. So do a lot of teams in this conference. There are actually a lot of teams that run a, a 30 front which is uh, it's fun to see like as a defensive as somebody that loves the defensive side of the ball obviously uh, but it confuses an offense so um, I'm excited to see what Vaughn comes up with for this you know uh, what I'm going to say is a very challenging Alberta defense but I know that they're going to get it get it together he's somebody that likes to throw the ball like air it out uh, likes the deep pass that's you know we saw Macho be successful that in week one but there are a lot of weapons in this receiving core and and yeah Vaughn and Dez they're going to be fine like I expect a, a great bounce back game from them those guys know what it takes to win before we get out uh, to our midway break here, finishing up on football, our male athlete of the week, Rashad, in the backfield. But a lot of it came on special teams. What have you seen from him so far early in the season? My dog, Big Michael <laughs> Rashad. I went to high school and played football with Mike Rashad. He's He's one of the best kid, kid. Well, he's one of the best guys I've ever met in my life, man. He's been through a lot. He's incredibly mature. He has a kid. You know, he provides for his kid. He works a couple of different jobs. He 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 works super, super, super hard. And you won't find a tougher person on the football field. He thrives on contact. He's not the biggest guy in the world, you know. He's he, but man, he's got good speed and he wants to hit people. Like he's looking for contact. He goes north south immediately when he gets the ball. At, over 200 all-purpose yards last week against uh, the Calgary Dinos, which was obviously the reason why he was named Special Teams Player of the Week. Very, much, very similar to what Jamel Lyles over the past few years has done for the Bisons, where he would get a lot of yards for us in different facets. That's what big Mike Rashad's doing for us as well. But the nice thing about that is he has two other running backs that can complement him. Victor, Victor St. Pierre Laviolette, a veteran of the team, uh, who's similar to him in terms of his running style, who's a, a more of a lightning-type back, but can... You know he can hit you if you if you uh, aren't wrapping up, and then also Logan Fisher, who's uh, more of a power back, but can also block really well and catch on the backfield. So we got a, a great triple threat there. But yeah, obviously Mike Rashad, huge addition for this team this year. He's going to be studying family studies and native studies here at the U of M, looking to do all that he can to sort of get towards being like a social worker or helping out that way and, and being able to understand the needs of others. He's a great guy and and uh, he's a well put together athlete. Nothing but uh, the best for him, and and really happy to see him thrive so far with over 400 all-purpose yards. 
through two games, well above anybody in second in the conference. Yeah, Rashad's putting in work on the field. And last thing before we get out of here, a story that you wrote this week up on GoBisons.ca. Brock Gowenlock dropping hundreds of hundreds, a hundred pounds at least uh, throughout his playing career, coming over here to the Bisons to play on that studded defensive line uh, that you mentioned. Just really quickly, do you want to break down that piece that you just did? Because I learned a lot just from uh, four or five hundred words. Hey, thanks, Neil. I appreciate the the love on that one there. Um, yeah, I mean, Brock Gowenlock used to be three hundred twenty pounds, and he was a defensive tackle. Now, I, I really think it's important that people don't get this twisted. It's not that Brock wasn't good as a three hundred twenty pound defensive tackle. He had fourteen and a half sacks when he was playing junior football with Langley. You know, and the reason he played D tackle, he told me, is it's a quicker route to the quarterback. So there was there was a motivation behind why he was playing in that position. But he got to university and he realized, man, like I can't be this weight if I want to make a difference because teams are running hurry up offense. First game they ever played against Calgary or he ever played, they ran hurry up offense in the final three minutes and uh, he was gassed. So he said, you know, I need to lose some weight. He went to a nutritionist, uh, went gluten free, did a lot of different things, was on a keto diet. No, you have some experience with the keto diet as well. And yeah, now he's 230 pounds and he's been nothing but a beast off the edge for the past three years for Manitoba. He's a uh, favorite to be a high level CFL draft pick this season and he has not missed a beat in 2019. Yeah. Check on that full piece. Go buy some uh, I think you'll love it. And Brock's just a great guy as well and really happy to see him succeed. All right there. Check it out on gobisons.ca. As Mike just said, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a little women's soccer, and set everyone up for the weekend. This is This, this Week in Bison Sports here on 101.5 UMFM. Bring your questions to the Answers Information booth on the first floor of University Centre. Answers sells post-secondary and other bus passes and is the place to get tickets from Ticketmaster or for campus social events. Not to mention campus maps, exam schedules, free phones, and campus information. Answers Info booth is open Monday to Thursday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's been 20 years since Thrush Hermit released their second and final album, The Fantastic, Clayton Park. Shortly thereafter, the band broke up with members going their separate ways and tasting individual success. But now, they've reunited to mark this momentous anniversary and are hitting the road to celebrate the occasion. Don't miss your opportunity to see Thrush Hermit one last time at the Garrick on Wednesday, October 9th. Tickets for this once-in-a-lifetime night of music are only $30 plus fees available at eventbrite.ca, into the music, or take your chances at the door. Don't miss the reunited Thrush Hermit for one night only at the Garrick on October 9th, proudly presented by MRG Concerts and UMFM 101.5. This week in Bison Sports, back here on 101.5 UMFM, Neil Noonan, Mike still in the studio. We're talking women's soccer here. One and one to start the season. Mike, you were there for both games and our home openers. What do you got from us? What are you seeing from those sidelines? Well, the key storyline was goals, man. I mean, last year, Manitoba struggled to find the back of the net. We had chances, but that final pass, final finish was a bit of an issue. It wasn't a problem last weekend. We uh, we went one and one. We, we won three to nothing over Regina on Saturday. Lost two to one to a tough Saskatchewan team on Friday. In a game that, when I talked to Vanessa Martinez-Lagunas, the head coach for the women's soccer team, she had said that that was really a game that should have won. They controlled possession for the vast majority of the game, but just a couple of uh, mistakes in the second half. They were up one to nothing at halftime, but 
uh, just a couple of tough second-half mistakes cost the the squad that game against Saskatchewan. But like I said, offense hasn't had a problem finding the back of the net. Uh, I want to shout out a couple different people. Jessica Sai, she oh, had an yeah. unbelievable header, unbelievable goal. It was a, first, I mean, it was a great pass uh, that was provided to her. I believe Mackie Berdani provided the cross. But wow, she finished, uh, and I believe it earned her the Player of the Week for us. You got it, yeah. Female Athlete of the Week. She is now leading the conference in points with four, getting three assists uh, on the game, uh, the Saturday night game, and as well as that goal that you just mentioned. So yeah, <laughs> Jessica Side doing big things in her uh, first two uh, games with the Bisons. She's a midfielder for us, but uh, I also want to shout out the defense that's been able to be uh, great for us, not only on the backside, but creating offense as well. Stephanie Young is a rookie that's come in for us and just been dominant. She's so physical. She's so strong. She's a workhorse and really, really been, been impressed by her. But she's also got some great players alongside her on the defensive side, such as co-captains Haley Ward and Shaylin Dick, who are both veterans in their fourth year with this team. Great stability. And actually, I got a chance to talk to them about what it meant to be co-captains this season. Haley's been in that position before Shaylin first year. Uh, yeah, check it out with you Um, being a co-captain last year and now doing that again this season what did you learn last year being in that leadership role and um, what do you hope to sort of build upon in in 2019 okay so next or last year when I first started I was with Alana Shaw who had assistant captain the year before so I kind of let her almost take a bit of a head role just because I didn't know kind of the ropes you know Um, so yeah I just learned to just trust in myself and it's okay to be the bad guy sometimes um we need to set the standard for the team um even if it means you have to say hey guys like we need to do this we need to do this you might not always be a favorite because of like that and it's okay um the team still respects you and you just need to stand up for what you know you have to do um and yeah it just i know a little more things last year too alana would just do them and i was like whoa how'd you know we have to see that (laughs) So now this year, sometimes I'm like, oh, I know we have to do this. No, we have to do this. And yeah. Awesome. Uh, bouncing off that, Shay, I mean, <laughs> how do you feel that you compliment Haley as a co-captain? And what do you offer in terms of just being able to balance that out per se? Uh, I feel like my attitude, I'm a lot more laid back. Like I'm very much like punctual on time, but I don't speak up as often as Haley will. And I think we balance each other out where like she's more in demand and I'm there to support and especially this year being my first year I'm kind of playing off of Haley having the seniority here just learning the ropes and letting her take charge a little more but slowly working my way into the role. Awesome. Uh, this will be a similar question for both of you. You've both seen uh, extensive minutes as rookies and onwards. Um, starting with you, Shay, I mean, how valuable was that for you, uh, being able to just sort of learn the game so quickly at the university level and now be at the point as a fourth year where, I mean, you're looked upon as, as obviously a critical leader, especially on the back end? I think it really helped just being able to, like, cement my position early on. It made me feel like I was a part of the team right from the, my first year and kind of makes me feel more comfortable taking on this role. Same question, basically, for you, because same thing. I mean, you've been a a critical member of this team right from the jump. Yeah, totally. Um, In the soccer-wise, I just built my confidence, I think, a lot. And on the other ends, now that I'm in my fourth year, having started my four years and then seeing rookies come in, I know kind of how they're feeling, the ones that maybe aren't playing or whatever, so I can support them in the ways that I know Mm -hmm. what they need, either emotionally or just if they need help on the field. And, yeah, 
I've just I've learned a lot about my position like crazy I didn't know how to play fullback back then <laughs> I really didn't <laughs> so yeah I've learned so much so and now I can see that in the rookies coming in because mm. it's just coming out of the club uh, soccer style mm-hmm. you know sure. and then learning how to play specifically for our team we have our specific style we have our girls that and our back lines been playing together for quite a long time now so yeah just getting to know each player and what they do Great segue there. I mean, the defense for this team has been a strength for a number, really ever since you guys have been here. Last year, setting a new record for the goal differential mm-hmm. really speaks to what you just mentioned. I mean, um, how confident were you guys and how much of a relationship do you have with those fellow members in the back line? Yeah, it's awesome because we all are in the same year or two, right? So we literally came here at the same time. We've been to, I don't know how many hours of <laughs> practice together, but all good friends too, right? And we know exactly what to expect, I think, from one another. And you can tell, like, when we put someone else in our line, it's like, okay, now we need to adapt to this because we just, we know exactly how each other play, which is kind of neat. And Kat and I, she's the other fullback, Mm -hmm. we play quite similar, so Mm -hmm. we need to know, like, we both like to go (laughs) a lot. So now we we know each other enough to be like, okay, she's going, I have to stay. She's Mm -hmm. going, I have to stay. Hayden plays long ball. Shay likes to drive. And, yeah, so we play off each other like that. I mean, that's a great answer. I mean, being able to know exactly what the tendencies are of, of your fellow backline members. I mean, Shay, in terms of communication and stuff, I'm sure that makes it a heck of a lot easier when you know exactly, like, okay, this is how many years we've going, been going on this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know where this person's going to be. I know where this person's going to be. And, and kind of, like, being able to prep that way. I'm sure it makes it easier for you. Oh, it makes it a lot easier. Like, being a, playing with them for so long, I know I don't have to talk to them as much as mm-hmm. I would with, like, a new player, like, telling them where to be and when to drop, when to go up. I know that they can do their own thing. They know what they're doing, and if I have to call them back because they just get ahead of themselves, like, I'm not afraid to do that, but for the most part, I know what they're going to do, and I can let them do their own thing without having to worry. You put this in your bio uh, for the questions, but scoring your, the, the goal last year, I mean, what a, a great moment for you. Maybe just describe to me, I mean, the feelings afterwards, and, and like you said, hoping to build on that, maybe find the back of the net more this I year, too. I would love, yeah, so... I just, it was funny because I've always pictured having my goal as like, I'm going to get this great shot. It's going to be top corner. I'm going to remember exactly what happened, but it was just like, it happened so fast. I got the ball. I intercepted it and I actually played a through ball to someone else. And when she shot it, it rebounded and I just like mind blank, just went for it and bottom cornered it. And it was like, I thought I would be able to remember exactly the scenario. And I do because we watch film, but it just happened so fast. And it was like, I didn't have to think about it. It just happened. And it was amazing. I really loved it and really built my confidence too. Mm. I think because that was my first year as a captain. So sure. I thought that, and in our first game, mm. I thought that really cemented uh, my role there. Like, I, they can trust me. Mm. I can come. I can pull a win out for us because mm-hmm. we needed a goal there. So, yeah, that was. It was really great for me to do that. I. I needed a goal. <laughs> yeah. Last one for you both. Um, when you think about your career thus far as a bison, what really stands out for you as you sort of get into the latter years now and, and sort of yeah, just reflecting on everything that's happened for you so far in your careers? Honestly, I never thought I would be. I didn't expect my career to go the way this went. Like going into my first year, I wasn't sure about the whole atmosphere and stuff. But honestly, it's been such a great time here. I wouldn't change anything like any part of my career at all and it's just it's given me a playing university sports has built so many characteristics of my own like on and off the field like building my confidence and my leadership skills and that's something I'm going to take away once I graduate next year amazing yeah it's crazy Uh, like same kind of thing and I've been thinking about this a lot lately just because 
I feel so much older than mm. like <laughs> like yeah, I feel like I should almost it feels like we put in so many hours like so many hours on the field and any university athlete will know that um, and just every year is so different and it's neat to see my growth mm. through the years and like how like I'm still who I am but I'm so much more I mm. think um, and yeah I just really like that we can bring the leadership and change things that we didn't like in our first year mm. we can be that atmosphere for the new girls coming in and I just yeah it's been awesome so yeah crazy I didn't think I would start in my first year I didn't think I would become a captain you know and it's it's crazy to see the changes and how many opportunities Bison Sports has brought me not just soccer related you know sure yeah it's, and the people I've met it's crazy crazy <laughs> well, thank you both. Looking yeah. forward to a great season. Uh, yes. uh, next week, uh, me and Neil will be coming back to do like the video side. Okay. So as captains, uh, hoping to get a few minutes of your time. Uh, same time, roughly. Is this we're a- just here Monday and Tuesday next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday okay. is yeah Tuesday is when we're okay. planning on coming by. So we'll we'll do that then. Thank you both again yeah, for awesome. Always Thanks appreciate much. it. <clears throat> All right, that was our very own Michael Still, the Bison Women's Soccer Captains. Mike, great interview. Thank you very much, man. I mean, it's 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 all on the athletes, man. They they tell me as much as they want to tell me. So I'm just appreciative of the chance to get to know them more. A hundred percent. Before we go this weekend, we talked about Bison football out in Alberta, taking on the Golden Bears one and one, and then women's soccer. Where are they? Oh my goodness, Fraser Valley, number BC, seven. Yeah, yeah <laughs> number, number seven in the coaches' poll in the preseason, and then they're going Saturday to number three in the country, Trin- Trinity Western Spartans. A lot on the plate for women's soccer. Women's hockey as well out Mount Royal for a little exhibition tournament. Golf down in Grand Forks. Tons of bison sports already here early in September. We will be back next week. Hopefully Jason Pajak from the Manitoban is all healthy. But Mike, for this uh, first episode of this year's uh, This Week in Bison Sports pretty positive i'd say yeah off to a great start this year looking forward to talking all season long about the great teams we have here at the u of m and yeah always a pleasure be sure to tune in at this same time next week friday 11 a.m